Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hi, welcome to episode 175. Hello. We hope your week is off to an awesome start and your business is getting busier. I know ours is as well. And we are really ramping up for the summer because it's going to be crazy. People are ready to travel, going on these long trips, weeks at a time, and are looking for pet care providers. Yeah, and actually are getting anxious about making sure that they're booked. So I guess a good side of this is that they're reaching out now as opposed to a day or two before they actually are traveling. Yeah, so good reminder to keep your calendars up to date, your social media posts, your newsletters up to date on exactly when you have bookings available and when you're not available anymore. Right. We want to thank Pet Sitters Associates for sponsoring this episode and also our awesome Patreons. We have a new one this week. <laughs> Savannah is our newest Patreon member. Thank you so much, Savannah. We really appreciate it. I feel like we need some, like a, a bell or a chime or a woohoo. I just did the woohoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if you would like to learn more about how you can support the show financially and help us to continue to produce this content, do the interviews and the research for these topical interviews. We would really appreciate you checking out PetSitterConfessional.com forward slash support. So today's topic is about releasing a client or firing a client. Breaking up with a client? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you are in this business long enough, you will likely have to do it. Whether that's because the pet isn't a good fit or you're just tired of dealing with the client, getting rid of clients is something that you're going to have to encounter. And it's not always fun and it's not always easy. But it's just part of the job. Right. So, well, so what are some reasons why you would want to or need to fire a client? Well, the first one that comes up for us is dog aggression. <sighs> um, not, yeah. not only because we have small kids, our kids are three and five years old. And so we really have to be cognizant, especially with boardings and daycares, of if the dog is aggressive at all, we do not take the dog. Um, drop ins for us are a little more lenient. But still, any kind of aggression we watch out for and have said no to clients before because of past aggression. Right. And so kind of the impetus for this episode is because we had to fire a client a few months back because of dog aggression. Specifically for a dog fight that broke out because of their pet that while in our care. Yeah, it it was kind of a strange situation because... This happened several months ago with two dogs that we had coming over for regular daycare several times a week for almost two years, both of the clients. They had never had any other issues with each other or other dogs. One was an Australian Shepherd and the other one was a Great Dane. And so one day they were outside playing and the Australian Shepherd walked under the Great Dane's back legs and the Dane spun around and bit the Aussie and it caused a pretty bad gash in his neck. There was no blood or anything, but the Aussie did have to go to the vet, get some stitches and is just fine now. But we were really shocked by it. They had never exhibited any aggression toward each other. 
And it was just mostly because of the Dane's size. It was a warning bite, mostly, of, hey, I don't like that. But because of the Dane's size and because of the Aussie's relative uh, small size and comparatively, it was a pretty serious injury and something that we really had to take a step back and go, okay, this Dane uh, is starting to become not okay around other dogs, and we need to really assess the situation. So we notified both owners that we were going to be putting a pause on both care for a while and that we were going to reassess uh, within a few days and we were going to be letting them know what was going to be happening. Yeah, and we talked to our insurance and they reimbursed the owner for the Aussie's vet bills. And we talked to the Great Danes owner and it was really just too much of a liability. Our insurance would not cover us again if the Dane was over in our care and bit another dog. And so we lost a really great client. The Dane, like I said, has been coming over for daycare multiple times a week for almost two years. And we really valued that client. And they were great to us. We were great to them. And they were really respectful of our business and valued it. But we just couldn't provide daycare for them anymore. It was too much of a liability. And it was really tough for us. It it was very emotional for a while for both of us. This was really the first time that we had experienced a dog fight in our care. And thankfully, it didn't end worse. It definitely could have ended worse, but it ended just fine. They were two great clients who both understood the situation. It just kind of really sucked. (laughs) Right. Again, these were clients that we would have gone to the moon and back to keep on any, any normal or other circumstances. They were absolutely wonderful. They loved us, as Megan said, really respected our business. Eventually, we had to land on two things. We had to land on the fact that our insurance was basically saying, this dog is not allowed to be in your care anymore. It won't be covered the next time because it's already happened once, kind of like a one-strike rule. And or th- at least for daycare. For daycare, right. Or we, boarding. We could, yeah. do, we could not do daycare or boarding, but we could go over and we could do drop-ins and we could do walks. The other thing that we were able to point to was that in our contract that the Danes owners signed is that we have language in there that states in, that if there is any sort or form of aggression towards us, or other dogs in our care, that it is reason for immediate release from us uh, and that we will still try to provide drop-ins or, you know, another service for them to make it work, but that it would be, you know, immediate release from that. And we were able to send them that language and say, hey, this is what you signed. We'd be happy to do drop-ins and walks for them. Um, That didn't work out in this case. They weren't really interested in that. They really wanted their dogs in daycare, but that wasn't something that we were able to provide. And so this whole thing was, as Megan said, the impetus for this entire episode. And we've had to sit on it for a little bit because it still brings up painful uh, memories and and, and, emo- and strong emotions of having to process all of that. And it, it ultimately was a great reminder for why we have so much detail <laughs> in our contracts and why they're so long, because ultimately they're there to protect us and give us this kind of foundation for when we need it. Hopefully you never have to experience the situation that we went through, but there are other situations in which you may have to fire a client. And one of them, a big one, is if they violate your contract. As you just mentioned, Colin, the contract is there for a reason. As you just said, (laughs) you are a business. You are not a charity. If someone isn't paying you or if you are constantly having to chase down money, get rid of that client. They are not worth the stress. They are not worth your time. If they're not willing to pay you, 
you don't need to be providing service to them. There is the financial side to this if they're not abiding by your contract, but there's also the boundary side. If they are not following your office hours, if they are not respecting your barriers you have in place in your contract, are they respecting your drop-off and pickup times? Are they following your booking policy? We've done an entire episode on what to consider for your contract in and terms of service in episode 154. But one reason to have it be as detailed as possible is to protect you and to have something to fall back on when a client starts to take advantage of you. This is especially important for many of us who may have trouble initially standing up for ourselves in these situations where we may have trouble finding the words or the proper language to use to tell a client that there's a problem going on. When we have things already written out that they have signed and dated, It allows us to just copy and paste that text and send it to them and say, this is what was in the contract. This is what was agreed to. It's not happening according to what we agreed upon. So therefore, we're no longer able to continue service. That takes a lot of the thought and the emotion out of it on our end. It makes it easier to happen. Another big reason to fire a client is if the pet is not as advertised. And as soon as I said that, I am sure you had a client in mind. (laughs) Pet moms and dads love to say that their pet is the best and most well-behaved dog or cat on the entire planet. And sometimes that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, a meet and greet is essential to get to know the pet and the client, whether it's virtual, if you can make that happen, or in person. You have to at least see the pet (laughs) to know if it's going to be a good fit or not. And some pets can fool you at meet and greets and be different when their owners are away. If they are too much of a demon dog or a chaotic cat, let that client go. It's not worth it. We recommend having another sitter or service that you can refer them to, especially if it's just outside of the scope of comfort of care that you're willing or able to provide. Obviously, we don't need to be offloading terrible clients to other sitters in our area. But if it's something that is not quite a good fit for you, if they need a little bit more behavioral correction or they need more training or something specific that you aren't able to give that's not as advertised from the initial contact, you are have a list of people that you can refer them out to. That way you can still make sure that they're being taken care of. Yeah, you have to know your limits and what you're willing to take on. If you view a troublesome pet as a liability and you're not ready for it, you'll end up paying for it one way or another. And this could also be if the pet changes during your care for them. So if they start to develop bad habits or behavioral concerns that start to go beyond the scope of what you're able to give. So if you don't specialize in puppies, but you decide to take on a puppy and they are way more than you can handle, you now know that. And so you can go to a puppy specialist in your area or another sitter who's willing to handle that. I'll also throw into this portion of the pet is not as advertised. I'd also like to think of it as the the sit is not as advertised. So it's kind of like this little bit of mission creep where originally you were booked, like as an example, you were originally booked to care for the dog. But each time that you go over there, the client you know also has this cat that they didn't tell you about or some fish that they need cared for, or they ask you to do the lawn, all of which without paying you extra or initially 
letting you know would be part of the care that you're going to be going over there to do. The third reason to fire a client is if they are rude to you or your staff. And obviously that's zero tolerance there. Right. Don't subject yourself to that. And especially your staff, do not subject them to that. Some clients just don't see what they do as rude. They don't realize they're being off color or inconsiderate. And that's unfortunate. (laughs) But you have to let them go if you can't handle it. Whether they are being late when they book, if they contact you super last minute, or they demand too much of your attention, you don't need that in your life. And you don't need that client in your life either. People who also talk down to you or belittle you just because you're the dog walker or you're, you know, the help, (laughs) they can go find someone else. Right. You you want people who value your service and know the quality that you give them. Well, and right in line with that is the fourth reason to fire a client is that if they are not respecting your boundaries, whether personal or with your business. Oh, yes. We've all had those clients who text you at 11 p.m. at night or 2 a.m. and they're expecting an answer right away. And they keep texting you over and over again because they want an answer. We've also had those clients who don't message when they're on the way to drop off their dog or pick up their dog and just show up at your house. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) We, We will usually give these kind of clients a pass one, maybe two times. But if it starts to develop into a chronic issue, bye bye. It is time to let them go for sure. (laughs) And with that, very needy clients. So ones who are always texting you or calling and asking how their pet is doing. You know, we totally understand nervous pet parents. We don't leave Kobe very often. I think we've, in our 10 years that we've had him, we've left him three Three times. times. Yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) He goes with us wherever we go. And that's obviously changing as he's getting older. But, right, we we understand nervous pet parents, especially for the first time or two. And, And we will give that a pass. We understand that that's going to happen. But we do let them know at the meet and greet, we will send updates. We will send pictures throughout the day. And that they don't need to check in constantly, that we will send regular updates. Yeah. And if they continue to bombard us through the next service and the next service, we have to decide to let them go. It's just way too much stress for us and ultimately shows that they're not trusting us or believe us when we say that we're going to do something. Yeah, this business, a lot of our business, and I'm sure a lot of your business is on client referrals and word of mouth. And so if friends talk to friends, they know the awesome work that you do. They know that they are going to get pictures of their dog throughout the sitting. And so if the second or third time that you take care of their pet, they're still not okay with the level of care that you're providing, then just let them go. Right. Another awesome reason to fire a client is awesome. (laughs) Well, if they make ridiculous demands or are taking advantage of you, again, the boundaries there is super important for you to set those in your business and for you to have clients that respect them. If somebody asks you, will you swing by and get my Starbucks coffee? I saw that on a Facebook page. So somebody posted that, that their client asked them and didn't say like, oh, you know, go get one for yourself and I'll pay for it. It was just like, oh, I know you have to walk by a Starbucks to come to me, pick up my drink order. And my jaw hit the floor. I just didn't understand this lack of understanding of that person's time. It just showed that they completely devalued them and the service that they were going to be providing. Yeah. Or will you pick up my dry cleaning? 
cleaning. And usually people aren't paying you for your time or your service. And you can go ahead and say, okay, I will do, if you're comfortable with it, I will do that for you. It will be an extra $15 charge or $20 charge or whatever it is. Yeah. This, these may, these kind of requests may be a great way to earn extra money or to add extra value to your clients, but to do them for free and without charge is really at the end of the day, taking advantage of you and your time. Now there is a line here of, you know, going above and beyond for the client and we do talk about that a lot. Right. But it's when it's chronic and whenever they don't recognize that it's actually being, they're putting you at a disadvantage for the, for that request, or they don't see how that request isn't related to the pet care that you're providing. It's whenever they just assume you will do this because you're on your way or they, again, it's, it's when it's, when these requests start turning from this initial lighthearted or from a genuine, like, oh, could you please do this for me? And when it goes from that to, to be turning into an expectation of you, that's whenever this becomes starts to become toxic and becomes dangerous towards your boundaries. That's what we're talking about. It's a fine line, right? It, it's it's totally up to you to where that line is for you. And, and what you're comfortable with. Exactly. But you do have to take an emotionless emotionalist assessment of these kind of requests and go, is this okay for me to be doing? And does this allow me to serve them the best way possible and my other clients? If you're wasting your time getting coffee for everybody, you know, you're not going to have as much time to do as many visits in your day. Obviously, there's an infinite number of situations in which you could, would, or should fire a client. It's always up to you. It's your business. But if you do release a client, it's important to think through how you would do it. But first, as pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they have provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry, and you do, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetsitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PitsitLLC.com. So you've decided that you need to fire a client or release a client or break up with a client for whatever reason, how to do it? How should you do it? Well, there are some things that you should do and there are some things that you should not do. So things that you should do. You should determine when the right time to fire them is. Obviously, it's not when you're angry that they're late to pick up again or not in the heat of the moment, basically. You should make sure that you are calm, that you have thought through everything and, again, are approaching this without emotion. If they violate your contract, send them a short, simple message telling them the part that they violated. Shorter, the better. You can even screenshot the contract and highlight the portion. In every single situation, stick to the facts. Yeah, it's really easy to try and sugarcoat it or bring in your own emotions. We were doing that for a little bit with that dog bite incident. I really struggled with that. That was really hard for me. Again, I was trying to make sure everyone was happy, that it was appeasing everybody, that it was going to be the best possible solution, and that I was you know, fighting back tears while coming through with all this information. Well, because it was a long-term client that we had had for a few years, they were 
you know, we saw them multiple times a week. They got gifts for our children and they gave gifts to us. It, it, it We had to, but I, I had to step away from it and go, these people, yes, we are friendly with them, but they are not our friends. At the end of the day, they are our clients. And by the letter of the law, this is in the contract. This is the situation that happened. And this is what therefore must happen. But that was not easy. It does take time. Yeah, you can use simple language like it's not a good fit. And obviously, this depends on the situation. Every situation is going to be different. And that phrase may not fit, but (laughs) it may not be a good fit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But use neutral language. Don't try to blame any and either side. Don't try to take the blame for yourself. Don't try to blame, obviously, the client, but have something in writing, either text or email explaining the situation and offer either an in-person or telephone opportunity to talk about it if needed. If you don't feel safe, I mean, your your safety is priority. So if, if you are not comfortable meeting this client in person because you are afraid of what they may do when you interact with them, then a phone call or a text or an email may be a better option. Yeah. Again, having something in writing, either text or email, is really important here, especially if it's going to be legally hairy or legally uh, concerning for either party, at least letting them know that it's dated and that this is exactly the language that you use. So again, trying to protect yourself and in those situations where you're worried about their reaction, Doing it not in person is the best way and really the only way to do. Yeah. And when we released the client earlier this year, they understood why we had to do it. And initially when he came to pick up his dog the day of the incident, we had explained to him the situation. And so moving on from there, we didn't need a phone call. We just sent a text saying, explaining the situation and why we could not care for that dog any longer. So some things that you should not do is don't send a long message, go into depth, or feel like you have to defend yourself. This can be really easy, as you said, feel like you have to apologize or feel like that you have to come across this and give these, you know, extremely long, lengthy, drawn out messages. In the, at the end of the day, the shorter here, the better, because you can get to the point faster, and it's less to read through, and it's less ultimately wishy-washy. We feel like the longer these messages go on, we start to use less neutral language. We start to start beating around the bush because we're trying to make it less hurtful for them because we don't want to hurt their feelings. So what you're saying is be blunt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have to be blunt, right? <laughs> which for somebody like me is really hard. Uh, I like beating around the bush. It sounds <laughs> it's just nicer uh, sometimes. But in these situations, you, you can't do that. You really have to be blunt and you have to be straight to the point. Yeah, don't don't get emotional. It's it's super hard when it's a client you love, but you just you you can't. You're a business owner and business comes first. They they again, you said it earlier, they're not your friends. As much as we think of them as friends, we love their pets, but don't get pulled into haggling over keeping them on. If this they, is a big one. Yeah. If they say, well, I, I would still like you to provide this service on this day, or I really need help on this day. I'm in a bind. I'm in a jam. You've got to make a clean cut and move on. Yeah. Just like any sort of relationship that you've been in, the cleaner the cut the better here. And this kind of almost happened to us whenever we had to release the client earlier last year was that um, they started requesting, okay, well, on you know, on Wednesdays where our house cleaner comes over, so we really need him out of the house that day. Could you do Wednesdays? And we had to say, no, 
no, we, we will have other dogs in the house, and that's just not okay anymore. We can't do that. Now, if you'd like us to come over and do a walk while the cleaner is there, we will do that. They didn't want that, though. But they kind of asked, oh, okay, well, I know you can't keep us, but could you still keep us? And it's like, no, we, we can't do that. We had to stick to our guns. Yeah, not getting emotional is really hard because usually when we reach this step of firing a client, we are either super mad or sad, sad. <laughs> yeah. that we have to do it. So before you send anything to them, even if you're on a phone call with them, take a moment to breathe and talk to someone else about it. Seek good counsel from others. You don't want to react in a way that you'll regret later. And keep all documentation of conversations. If it's through text or email, save them as screenshots or have them in your pet sitting software portal in case the client gets angry and wants to take you to court. Hopefully this never happens to any of us, but it may. Yeah, and even document phone calls. The day and the time that they happened, what was covered and what the end of or the resolution of the phone call was like. That way you'll have something to refer back to in case there are questions over when something did or didn't happen. Again, it sounds a little paranoid to feel like we are always having to cover our butts, but... We are a business. We have liabilities. Yep. And this is a liability. And when people's emotions are high, sometimes words can be said that aren't exactly the best uh, on both sides. And so it's just important to make sure that you remember what happened and are able to prove that. So break up with the client in a way that benefits them. So a good way to end things amicably is to show the client that the breakup is in their best interest. Once you've let them know that they're not a good fit, tell them they will be much happier with X service provider who is better suited for their specific needs or preferences or their dog's personality. Again, if you took on a puppy that was way too much, refer them to somebody else who may be a puppy specialist. This is yet another good reason for why we should be building a broad community and connections with other sitters and other service providers in your area so that when these special cases come up and you take on a client and it's really not the best fit, it's truly not, you can say, oh, you know, this is uh, not this not working right now. However, you can go over to Johnny's daycare and they specialize in exactly your needs right now. And, you know, again, that way you are... Le- ending on a positive note. Now, depending on the different situation that you're in, you may tackle it a different way. So if they don't respect your time, you can say, thank you for being a client and we do appreciate your business. However, we noticed that you canceled your last couple of appointments with less than 24 hours notice. Cancellations and no-shows really put a strain on our business and we have a policy of a limit of two no-shows before we no longer accept you as a client. Therefore, we are no longer able to serve you. Or if you've just had enough of the client, you can say, I really appreciate the opportunity to work with you and Fido. I've given this a lot of thought and I've come to recognize over the past few weeks that we are not the best fit. This isn't an easy thing to say, but it's important that you have the best pet care provider possible who will be able to be on the same page with you and Fido and your expectations. I'd be happy to connect with you to someone in my network. Again, it doesn't have to be long. Stick to the facts. Take the emotion out of it. And then be done with it as far as sending it off. But yeah, then the the really important step here that I don't think many people talk about is dealing with the aftermath. After you've hit send. Dealing or, with, a, or after you've had the phone call with the person. Right. It's now dealing with those emotions. 
yeah. So again, it depends on the situation, but know that you will either feel A, relieved if this was a difficult client or one that was taking advantage of you, or B, heartbroken like we were, yeah. especially if you loved this client. And this this really was us. Either way, though, sit with those feelings, recognize them, process them. And then after you have done those things, after a while, let them go. Talk to others if you are needing help in that process. Yeah, that can't not that cannot be understated to any degree here is that when we have these emotions and we're processing them, again, whether we're happy, whether we're elated, or whether we're absolutely heartbroken, whatever those are, make sure that you're sharing that with somebody. Bring somebody else into that inner circle so that you can process these, so you can be vocalizing these emotions and talking about these feelings. The more we internalize these and keep them locked up inside, the more they are to start to turn toxic one way or the other. And sometimes the more we can start to feel like they are much bigger than they actually are, especially heartbroken. With When we're talking about that with somebody, we're able to have somebody empathizing with us, recognizing that those emotions are fine, that they're healthy, that they are a process that we are supposed to work through. That allows us to both a speed up that and feel like we are seen and recognized and heard through that so that we're not alone and we can be getting these out there to begin helping us process them in a much, much healthier way. Yeah, I think it took us uh, probably a solid two months before we were ready to move on from releasing our great Dane client. We genuinely didn't want to let them go, but we recognized that the liability was too great. We, we felt our hand was forced into doing something that our hearts didn't want to. Yeah, and so we were angry about that, right? We were angry and frustrated at the end of the day going, oh, this is not what we wanted. This is not how we wanted to end this relationship. This is this Nothing about this is what we wanted. We were a lot more angry than we were sad, but we were still sad. It took us a while to just you know be able to talk about this between the two of us without beginning overly emotional. Yeah, but we just had to look at the facts of the case, what our contract said, obviously what our <laughs> insurance was going to pay for. We just couldn't take that liability anymore. And what our terms of service said. So if the firing of a client is particularly hostile, be prepared for a negative review and feedback on social media. Yeah. It, it, it happens a lot. If somebody is unhappy with your service, they are much more likely to leave a one-star review than a happy client leaves a five-star review. <laughs> well, yeah. And just because we are dealing with our own emotions in a healthier manner doesn't mean that the client will be doing the same way. They will probably not be sitting there thinking, oh, should I send this or should I not send this? Most people will act emotionally and send something or leave a negative review because of it. But that's out of our control. And we, we talked a lot about that in dealing with customer reviews back on episode 83. Yeah. So just be aware that that may come about. It's not something that you need to stress about. It's not something that you need to worry about. But if it comes about, you know to deal with it just like we've been talking about. Not emotionally, not with a long response, not defending yourself. The key here is to not take them personally and to respond in a professional manner, doing our best to leave out emotion, which again is hard and it's not easy. We say that like it's really easy. We recognize it's not. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest takeaway here though is that it's unlikely that you will regret firing a client, but you'll likely regret not doing it. <laughs> you don't need the stress in your life of a client that you don't want to deal with. You want your ideal client, whoever that is, if it's a millennial golden doodle owner or if it's a... <laughs> 
<laughs> if it's a retired Great Dane owner, whatever your ideal client is, those are people that you want to attract and you want to get rid of everybody that doesn't align with your business goals and your mission statement. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is true. Sometimes we may have a big pool of clients, but we start to recognize who our ideal clients are or our ideal clients change. And so in order to gain more of those, we do have to kind of clear the client books of those that aren't our ideal clients so that we can bring on more of who we do want. So, Because again, you are not for everybody. You do not want all of the dogs in your town. I promise you. <laughs> right? We don't. <laughs> right. But again, that gets back to whatever reason that you decide it is time to let somebody go. There are things to do and things to avoid in doing that. And ultimately, to be professional and to be respectful of them, because that is going to speak volumes of who you are as a business owner and where your ethics and where your morality are. We'd love to know if you've fired a client, if you've broken up with a client and how you did it and what their response was on the other end. You can let us know at Pet Sitter Confessional on Facebook and Instagram. We have a Facebook group, Sitter Confessionals, that you can post in anytime. And you can leave us a voicemail as well, 636-364-8260. I'll get that one day. I promise. <laughs> Natasha O'Banion is back for another answer to the question. How do I figure out the culture of my business? Oh, the culture. So it's, it's actually pretty easy to figure out the culture because you design it. <laughs> um, I think in the beginning of my business, it was myself, right? That's how most of us start. I didn't really, I had a game plan, but I didn't really know where it was going to go as far as my team. So I ended up bringing some friends and family and they were my first like round of bath, right? And they were starting to see a few things in business and they were like, why don't we do it like this? Why don't we edit this? Why don't we add this? And I was like, I like it. I love it. We should do it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so I think my team... Actually, I think my team actually, at the end of the day, I think they design the culture um, as far as some of the things that we do to streamline things, but some practical, practical tips. So I like doing a work chat. I love having a group with my team. I have an automate that says we're at 10 a.m. We do a check-in and it says, hey, how are you guys feeling? Did you read your notes? Um, check everything. Let me know if you need questions now, but before we start our day. And so there's no need for like a full-time minister. There's no need for the check-in because at 10, they answer questions and they're good to go. Then we do an automated check-in again at 2 p.m. And I say, hey guys, 2 p.m. check-in. Do you have any, are you guys going to make your time windows? So for us, dog walkers, pet sitters, are we going to make the time window? And they say, I'm looking good. Everything is great. Thanks. Or no, I'm actually running behind. I'm not going to make it. Can you guys help me out? And so because we talk as a group chat, and that's something that one of my walkers asked me to do. So again, they created a little bit. They said, hey, can we put a group chat in and kind of see what other walkers are doing? I want to kind of see what reports they're making. I want to kind of see like some tips and tricks that, you know, are helping make their day easier. And I said, I couldn't agree with you more because one thing that like corporate America has is they have buddies where you can reach back and be like, hey, give me a tip or how do you, how are you getting this project done faster? Right. But we don't have that. 
And so work chat is really good because I love my gifts. I like to come in on video and I like to record and I like to act goofy with them. And so they still get that in-person feel without um, without it actually really happening. And so they feel supported. Uh, they can ask questions. They can check in. And so they kind of know our flow. Um, and I feel like an overall culture for us is like is really like family. So putting in those small little pieces of like, listen, if you're out here, you're not out here in these streets, right? By yourself. <laughs> We're with you. <laughs> pop, in the, pop up in the group chat. Talk to us. Let us know what's going on. Um, and so that's how we find that we keep our team for long term because they know that, you know, whatever they need, they can talk to us. It's, it's an open conversation and we're all here to support. And it's never a me against them. Like they know if a client says something, I'm like, let me get the full details. Let me see what the walker has to say first. And then let me get back to you. So I think that's really important with culture because my walkers know that I'll go to bat for them first. Right. And just as a personal tip, it's very easy to get a new client, but it's not as easy to get a high quality walker or pet sitter. So get the facts. Um, I know a lot of us jump into like, oh my God, the, the, the client emailed and, and said the, the, the sitter did something. And I'm like, okay, they probably didn't do anything or it's probably something simple. But taking that non-attack mode, you know, keeping that clear ahead to say, cool, let me go with my process. Thank you for the details. Let me talk to my sitter and I'll get back to you. Talk to them, get their details so they know like, oh my God, Natasha's always attacking me. She's always, you know, thinking I'm doing something wrong. She doesn't share the reports with me. She doesn't share client feedback with me. I hear all that kind of stuff. Again, the client says something nice, screenshot it, send it to the walker. If um, you get a good email, screenshot it, give it to the walker. Let them know that they are a part of the process. They don't work for me. They work with me. And they know they're the best part of what we do. And I couldn't even live the life that I live if they were not supported. Natasha owns her awesome dog walking business, but she's also a pet business coach. And if you would like her to coach you through your pet business and help it to grow and scale, you can go to her website, startscalesale.com and use the code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching. We want to thank our awesome patrons, especially Savannah. Thank you so much for joining us again. Woo-hoo. And Pet Sitters, Pet Sitters Associates for sponsoring this episode. We are so appreciative of you taking your most valuable asset, your time and listening to us today. We hope that these are helpful to you. And if they are, please go to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. And it helps other people to know that this is something they should be listening to too. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. That's the best way to help people find out more about the podcast or just share out your favorite episode uh, whenever you want to. Thank you guys. Thank you. 